Cinema Spectator, a movie podcast, is produced because of listeners like you. If you want to support our show, you can share it, give us a rating on iTunes, and support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions, where you can throw a couple dollars our way and get access to our exclusive content. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the show. Welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film, The Dark Knight Rises, directed by Christopher Nolan, starring Christian Bale and Anne Hathaway. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. How are you doing, Isaac? Heesh, heesh, ha, ha, heesh, heesh, ha. <laughs> yeah, I'm good, dude. Uh, I'm, yeah. so, I'm hyped. This is like, I we have been building up to this, and I don't want to say I stepped on a landmine, but I'm going to defend this movie till the end, you know, mm, so... Mm. I'm I'm uh, I'm good. It's it's weird Monday. Starting cloudy, starting kind of it's like hot, rainy, which yeah, is it's like humid rain. Yeah, that doesn't happen in California. That does not mix well with with my breed. So uh, <laughs> it's bringing me down a little bit. Um, mm. But mm. overall, doing well. And I'm also joined by Juzo Greenwood. Juzo, how are you doing? I'm doing quite well. It's true. It is like oddly humid, which is, I'm not used to and not enjoying. Because there's a but hurricane. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's a good point. Well, but other than that, I'm having a pretty nice time. I'm having actually just a great time revisiting these movies. I'm, I know you guys have already talked about the first two, but I was having such, it was such a pleasure to watch those movies. I'm showing them to my mom for the first time, who's been really enjoying them. And uh, especially The Dark Knight, I was just, like, levitating watching that movie. It's just absolutely great. Every, you know, I think it's the third highest rated movie in IMDb. And honestly, like, fair enough. You know, it's just perfect movie. Even though it's like, has problems in some ways, you could say, it still is a perfect movie, despite that. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to talking about the third one. Yeah. Um, yeah, we talked about that, how it, it was... Um, it's one of those movies that basically, like everybody likes. There's no, it, it's and it's like not talked about because of that. You know, people are just like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, we all love it. You know, <laughs> what is what else is there to talk about? Um, so no, I I agree. It's been it it has been really enjoyable because I don't think I've ever watched them like back to back. Um, really, you know, it's not like I don't treat it like the Lord of the Rings trilogy where it's like very. Um, you know, you, you sit down and you watch, you know, you go through it or actually the, the best way I like to watch the Lord of the Rings trilogy is, is in like minisodes basically. Like I break it up mm. into kind of hour, hour and a half chunks. Um, and I'll, you know, I'll just watch one and then, uh, move on and, you know, do something else and then I'll, I'll watch the next one. Um, but th these three movies, I don't think I've ever watched like back to back really. Um, like it's either watching the dark Knight or watching Batman begins and the dark Knight rises is kind of left out of the picture for me. So it was really oh, interesting man. to revisit. Um, and we had a fun night yesterday. We were, um, fortunate enough to have things line up where we could all, um, hang out and have a movie night, which, which really was the first time in a long time. Uh, actually we, me and Isaac did that with inception. Um, mm. Yeah. but sad i missed that yeah but the, tim was there for that so t tim was there yeah um yeah but but really i mean it was it was a good time i i had a lot of fun um 
And even though like this movie has plenty of flaws that I will be getting into later, um, it still was quite enjoyable. It, but, but I think always, and why, maybe why I'm remiss to revisit it. Um, I always feel disappointed by, by the time I get to the end of it, you know, it's like, it's like hype for the first, you know, two hours or so. And then in that last, you know, that last conclusion, I just think it, it really, um, it, it dies down and, and my excitement goes, goes down a lot, uh, in the last, the last third of the movie. So, um, you know, I mean, I guess we'll get into hmm. it. We, do we need to do a lot of, uh, intro into this movie? I mean, uh, should we, should we talk about the plot or what, what do you think? Well, I was hoping, could we talk just briefly about our memory of, I mean, we talked about mm. this a bit in person, but of our memory of it coming out, because this was the first, um, it was the second Nolan movie I saw in theaters, and it was the first one I was anticipating as a fan. Might have been even, I would even go so far as to say, it's the first movie I was anticipating as a fan of the director. I think mm. I had been doing that with Pixar for a while, just as a company or just as, you know, because the track record was so good. But this is the first movie where I was like excited about the film. I followed every piece of news about it, every piece of casting. The trailers came out. These, I still think they're some of the best trailers like of all time. And um, was just completely fired up for about a year before it came out. I think in, I think it was July 20, uh, 2012 or something like that. Um, so I don't know what your guys' memory of it was, but I certainly have a fond memory just of the, the lead up to the movie and the anticipation of being 15 years old and having watched these other movies for the first time and, uh, being so excited to see where, where the series would conclude. Uh, so what about you guys? Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I have a very similar experience with that in that I had seen, uh, the dark Knight and it, it had become one of my, um, you know, favorite movies at that point. Um, that movie was weird because it had, you know, when it came out in 2008, I was much too young to see, or not much. I was, I was just on the, on the younger end to see it basically. 11 is pretty um, young. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I didn't see it when it came out, but, um, you know, in the, in the next couple of years, I ended up seeing it and, um, you know, it's, it, it, sort of cemented its place in my mind. And so for the next like three years or whatever, I was like totally anticipating, um, this return with both me and, and my good friend, uh, Sam, um, who you met Juzo, I think a long time ago. I don't know. We watched Mulholland drive together. We did watch Mulholland drive together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so that was one of the, uh, I, I know what you're saying in that, um, it was one of the first movies that I remember being like so hyped for. Um, it was like, uh, I always talk about the fatigue that I had with, um, uh, with the force awakens, um, where, you know, that trailer, like I loved the trailer, you know, but everything, everything about it was like, once I saw it in the movie, it was kind of like the trailer had overtaken some of my thoughts about, you know, the things that were going to go on. Um, oh, sure. Cause I was super excited about it. Um, and that, that after that movie, I swore off, uh, intentionally watching trailers. 
Um, and but really, it should have been this movie because this this one was was even worse for that. Uh, you know, like I love the trailer opens with the uh, with the kids singing the singing the national anthem and the you know I mean oh, just yeah. just amazing stuff. But um, it it was one of those moments where we were like we were so hyped for it. Um, and I remember my movie experience. We um, it was like the earliest screening that they had on probably a Saturday because we were in school. Um, mm-hmm. So it was like 1030 on a Saturday. And we thought that there was going to be a lot of people there. So we got there really early. Um, turns out uh, movies on Saturdays uh, in the morning, most people don't really <laughs> like that's not a thing. People go to the oh. Friday night screening, you know, people huh. don't really go to the Saturday at 10 a.m. screening. Um oh. So we were in there at like, you know, nine o'clock in the morning, just hanging out in a, in an empty theater by ourselves. And it, it was a lot of fun. You know, that we sounds had, we had a very really nice. time, but it was, you know, it was probably uninformed on our part, um, as, as 15 year olds. Um, but it was, it was like an event. It was a spectacle. Um, and that was really one of the first times that I, that I had had that, um, but uh, after after I was kind of disappointed walking out, but we'll get to that later. Mm-hmm. Isaac, what was your uh, knowledge about this movie? Did you were you like anticipating it or what? Yeah, I I definitely think that I saw it in the theaters, although I don't have any recollection of watching it in the theaters. I I remember enjoying it after first seeing it and being like. That was super cool, but I think the hype and the build-up, the YouTube sensation of the trailers and whatnot was really amping me up. I mean, the the reason I responded the way I did when you asked how I was, that chant was, like, pretty meme-worthy, right? Yeah. And yes. uh, Bane's performance obviously echoed memes for the rest of the year. Um, for the, the time, the, really. The chalk drawings uh, at school, I remember that with the bats. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. People uh, doing the little the the little chalk drawings with like rocks and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I remember people were like trying to practice, like they would like pull out their pencil lead, you know, and uh, in class like be drawing it on on their papers and whatnot. So I kind I have nostalgia for just being excited about that Batman movie, um, and yeah, I just. Honestly, at that age, I think I just wanted more of Batman, and I was excited to watch it. I was also pretty dumb in the sense where I was, like, enjoying the MCU stuff. So I was like, is there going to be, like, their own, like, cinematic universe? You know, I was oh, there's, like, you know, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, how is he going to play into the universe and things like that? And um, I wasn't really taking it for, like, a, a movie. I was just enjoying it, but... Um, I think a lot of the set pieces and the, a lot of the themes actually resonated with me being a less educated film viewer, um, like the pit and the suffering, uh, and dread around making certain decisions and whatnot. Um, I was kind of confused because I was like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Whereas like, I just watched Iron Man two and there was no, like, it was just fun. Uh, and this (laughs) movie was fun, but there's something else to it. That's kind of like underlying that I couldn't quite figure out yet. Um, And what I realized is that that's what makes Nolan movies great now, but that's what really burned me uh, watching Nolan movies as a young person. Uh, When I first watched Inception, I hated it. 
Uh, when I watched The Prestige, I really didn't understand it because there was clearly entertainment value, but there there's always philosophical like themes laid underneath. And and I think The Dark Knight Rises has some some of those you know ideas coming forward in its themes, but I don't think it's it's very um like airtight with a discussion around philosophy. Um and so it actually made it a little more approachable for me and it was it was probably um like one of my favorites in The Dark Knight. Although I don't I, I don't think that um I don't think I ever considered this one better than The Dark Knight up until recently when we've been discussing the Nolan <laughs> stuff. If I'm being real with myself, you know? Uh-huh. Um and and let's be honest, like it's not better than The Dark Knight. No, you know? no. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I I do remember being able to sit back and enjoy it more than other Nolan movies at my younger age. Uh, and I think it was just, I mean, you were talking right before we started recording camera and you were like, Oh, 2013 was like, was that the best year for like media? Like ever, you know, we were talking about video games and, and different movies and things like that. Um, and this movie is right in that zeitgeist, right? 2012. Well, it's 2012, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, but th- that's like also the the height of YouTube hype for me. You know, I I was still reading IGN and watching interviews, trying to figure out like what's coming out. You know, what's what's happening. I'm, I'm obsessed with pop culture, um, and I don't know if that still exists now, but it doesn't really feel like it does. Maybe I've just outgrown it. You know, I, I talked to my yeah. little cousins, and and they're excited about like one thing. But I felt like back then I was able to kind of keep track of everything that was coming out and everything that was going on, you know? Uh, and I was proud to be a part of, like, the nerd culture, right? Um, so, I don't know. It's it's nostalgic revisiting it. I, I can't hate on this movie that much because I feel, like, pretty positive about my nostalgia for the movie. And I just don't really think it's... Like uh, that was the other thing I noticed about on this viewing is that I really don't think it's meant to be as serious or as great as the Dark Knight, um, and it really seems like the entire cast is just having a blast being there for the uh, like the ensemble finale. And, yeah, um, I mean, so, I always. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I thought that was more apparent than ever with this, with this uh, movie, and I know that this movie's cinema sin. YouTube video was like probably peak of cinema sins on YouTube and everyone loved yeah. critiquing this movie. And, um, I know you're going to dig straight in Cameron, but it's like, come on, you know, like <laughs> we, we, we know it's not good. Like it's like, it's like saying no, you're going to rip, it's like saying you're going to rip apart episode three. And it's like, there's just, you can't, you just can't, you know, there's not for me. It's like, you can rip apart episode three, but I just, it's not, it's not going to matter. I just enjoy the movie too much. So, um, that's kind of where, where I'm at with this. And, and looking back, I think nostalgia is a big factor in, in, in kind of how I even consume this movie today. So, I mean, I wouldn't say, and I, like, I discount anything cinema sins does. Cause that's just, I honestly think they've, you know, like people talk about all the things that have destroyed culture or even the world, you know, it's like, you know, the atom bomb, I would put cinema sins up there, but anyway, <laughs> um, the, uh, the, but I, I do think, you know, you can't deny the movie. There are, you know, the movie maybe has problems. There's a shakiness to parts of it. But I definitely think it's a good movie. I don't, I, it's not like a bad movie that I just have nostalgia for. And to me, I always kind of go back to the, um, 
I remember when Mike and Jay Red Letter Media reviewed this movie. They sort of talked about it like an old. It, they liked it because it reminded them of like an old Hollywood movie where the filmmaker and stars and everyone is sort of there's a sense of everyone pulling out all the stops and just trying to make this big grand piece of just kind of pure entertainment. And I think this movie um, is a beautiful example of that, you know, with all of its, you know, uh, messier aspects, it's just like this big, huge thing that's so fun to watch. And I think, honestly, I think the, the, the reason it's, the biggest knock against it is just, it's tough to watch after watching The Dark Knight because it's just, you can't reach that high again with a superhero movie um, or really, I don't know, most movies in general. Um, so it's, in comparison to that, it's not great. But if I'd watched this after watching, I don't remember when this and The Avengers came out that year, but I mean, it's like, this movie blows The Avengers out <laughs> of the water. I mean, that movie is like, you know, like a children's, I mean, I, I don't even want to say children's cartoon because that would be an insult to children's cartoons. Um, and this is just a beautiful <laughs> movie. I mean, I'm not even trying to be mean. I just, I'm saying, I, I'm sorry. I, the reason I, I just watched this children's cartoon called Bluey uh, last night and I was absolutely blown away. It's one of the best things I've seen in a long time anyway. But so I did, that's why I was like, I don't want to diss children's cartoons. That's not me just dissing Whedon anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I think it holds up quite quite beautifully. I will I mean I will agree like comparing this kind of movie to um The Avengers, right? I'm sure that most people would say, "Oh, The Avengers is iconic. You can't like they probably think about The Avengers movie more than this film." But this movie's like it feels so much it's it's somehow still relevant uh in in a, in a weird way. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. like cities falling apart and things like that. Oh yeah, I don't know. There, there's something kind of um, brilliant about about this movie's style and setting um, that is also really rare to a uh, superhero movie. Um, so, I, I I think it's cool. I don't know. I and we we can definitely dig into it. Cameron, do you want to give us plot uh, and and overview and everything? <laughs> well, I I guess I did want to talk about the Avengers because actually when you brought up the MCU and how you um, you were like tracking that at the time I totally forgot that this like this came out you know 2008 to 2012 was the first phase of of the MCU right um, I wasn't really following that at that point um, I think I I think I maybe watched the Avengers in theaters but I I don't really remember Um but when I saw it, I, I enjoyed it. And it was like, it's a very fun movie. It has a lot of good elements going for it. Um, but you're totally right. This movie is like, <laughs> is like on a, just a different league than, than the Avengers. And one thing that, uh, <laughs> there, there's, there's a handful of different ways to, um, to, I guess, reinforce that in my mind. Um, one is, um, every single Bane line is iconic, and I don't, I don't even know who the bad guy in the Avengers is. Like, I, I literally can't uh, remember. Loki, is there a bad guy? Loki, it's no Loki. Idea. Oh yeah, Loki. Yeah. Um. No. So every, every, uh, yeah, every line that Bane says is is iconic. Um, the score, the sound, like all everything, everything in that, you know, you know the the chanting. Like all of that is so cool, and the Avengers feels, um, it feels like it's 
penetrated culture in kind of a like a um a broad way but not a very deep way and this movie i feel like is like very deep but also kind of narrow um in in the way that it's like hooked into culture i guess well yeah Um, because the avengers really i mean talking about oppenheimer they they really that movie did really rot horrible destruction on just the (laughs) world of filmmaking and movies even though and i'm 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 kind of being mean to the movie but i I mean i had a great time when i watched the avengers i mean it was a fun movie to see in the theater especially as a 15 year old um and I, and then what's interesting about uh, Dark Knight is he's completely not only is it did they not continue it and Nolan's never revisited it but he's he's even it feels like he's shut them out from ever even referencing it in all these kind of movies mm. like The Flash they're like or or uh, Space Jam <laughs> where they bring back references to legacy Warner Brothers characters right. like they'll bring back the other Batman they'll bring back Batman from the Burton movies, but whatever I don't know. Nolan just has an ironclad contract or something, where it's just he. This is the, his last word on the thing, and uh, I, I I I'm grateful for that because as I complain about with TV and movies in general, it's like I I miss the having things end. You know, that was what's mm. nice about Succession. That, like they got they figured out a great ending. You know, and this for whatever its flaws, I I really think like the last. Ten minutes of this movie is just like as great an ending as you'd want for this trilogy of movies. I just think it's fantastic. Um, so I, I think that's that's what's nice about. It. Not to mention just all the you know the, the reasons I'm talking about it holding up so well. It's it almost feels like more it, uh, the production elements of the movie, the way it looks, the the uh, the way it's shot, and all the the IMAX photography we were mar- marveling at yesterday. Uh, as you as you mentioned, the score, um, it's just sort of top to bottom, really brilliantly done. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm kind of like trying to think of a allegory or something that you can compare uh, the Avengers and the Dark Knight Rises to. And the thing I thought of is like it's a tale of two cities. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it, it, sure. To me, to me, just it's kidding. it's kind of almost like if the like the, if. The Avengers is like WWE, where it's like all kind of like fun and in your face. <laughs> the Dark Knight Rises is like some iconic UFC fight, where it's like dead serious, you know, and and probably much more impactful to the world of of fighting um, compared to the the fun show that WWE is is putting on. I mean, both are enjoyable in their own way, but they definitely feel like different um, different beasts on their own. Uh, and and I do think that the Dark Knight Rises is not revisited that much, actually. Um, kind of similar to Batman Begins. People like to talk about the Dark Knight, but usually in passing. This entire trilogy, I feel like, has this sort of um, like, it, like it's it's strangely less approached than. I mean, if you're a Nolan fan, it seems like people would rather go back and watch Dunkirk or Inception. Um, oh yeah, or sure. even even Interstellar before they would attempt to to revisit the the Dark Knight trilogy, and they're definitely not going to pick Batman Begins or The Dark Knight Rises. They're going to go straight to The Dark Knight. So um, it's I don't know. I, I I think that watching the trilogy back to back not only showed how how well it was weaved together. Uh, I think I think there's a ton of great connections to the first film with this film. Um, it makes it feel like it has a, um, 
like it, the 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 full trilogy of movies has its own arc as well. Oh yeah. Even though yeah. you could, I think you could take them. Mm, mm, I guess as solo films, maybe. Uh, I think they're easy enough that's, to follow. The last one is the yeah. is maybe the hardest to do that, but yeah. Um, but the other two, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I I'm I'm excited to dive in, Cameron. Give us give us the overview. Give us the overview. Yes. So, the Dark Knight Rises uh, picks up. I think it's eight years after the events of the Dark Knight. Um, uh. Bruce Wayne has basically gone into hiding. Um, at this point, as a as kind of a recluse, he's um, you know obviously where we left off in in the Dark Knight. He wasn't in a great place uh, for public appearances as the Batman, um, and so he he kind of holed himself up. But uh, with that, you know, as Rachel had said before, you know. Um, Batman was his true face and, and the mask was just Bruce Wayne. So he, he had kind of a hard time, I think, um, uh, being, you know, a real, per- a, a real person without sort of a, a mission. So, um, you know, it's very obvious that he has some sort of, um, you know, he's, he's become a recluse in this time. Um, uh, though in, uh, you know, in the wake of, um, what was happening with, with Harvey Dent, um, you know, prisoners were, were off the street, uh, but, you know, things have sort of been tense within Gotham City, and a new uh, reckoning is, is on the horizon, and so the movie opens with a, um, just a brilliantly done, uh, you know, high sequence, like the other two, um, actually, yeah, yeah, kind of like the other two. Um, definitely like like the Dark Knight. It has this sort of cold open uh, where you're being thrust into these characters. Um, you don't necessarily know who they are, uh, but just the the sort of reveal of Bane is this powerful presence. Um, and um, you know, there's some little details. I think uh, Juzo, you were mentioning that you didn't even realize like what they were doing when they're like doing the blood transfusion to the dead body. Um, oh yeah. When I was know. a kid, when I first saw the movie, I didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, and so like there's, there's these little details, but really the spectacle is, is awesome. That visual of, you know, them hooking up the plane and the wings fly off. And, you know, yeah, I remember amazing. that was part of the marketing material was that they did that for real. You know, that was like, that was super cool. Yeah. Um, and then, um, you know, so we, we get some, um, we get some time with, with, you know, catching up with, with Bruce Wayne. Um, nobody's allowed to, uh, to see him. You know, he's, he's kind of this, this recluse, as I said. Um, but he's being nudged very politely by an officer, um, who's played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I forget his name, uh, but I'm uh, just going to call him Robin. Yeah. Uh, officer Blake. Yes. Um, and so John, he, he, John Blake, yeah. um, he gets this, uh, you know, basically, uh, there are like five people in this movie who actually know who, uh, who Batman is. Um, and he's one of them cause he just, he just figured it out for some reason, you know, which is <laughs> a little that's contrived, an odd, but it's an odd thing that I, I remember I was confused. Like the, it, it didn't really make sense to me. And I think a lot of people were like, how, how did he find out who this was? But I kind of 
like that part now. And I really like that scene where he talks about relating to him as an orphan. Like it's mm-hmm. one of these things that kind of, it, it, it maybe doesn't work logically, but it really works emotionally, I think. And that's, it's, it's actually kind of one of the better, quieter scenes in the movie, I think, with the two of them. And I, I just love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I, I wish he was in more stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, I guess before that, he, he gets robbed by Selena Kyle, um, a.k.a. Catwoman, um, who Anne Hathaway plays. Um, and, you know, there's this kind of side quest that's going on with uh, Selena Kyle selling his, his fingerprints for some reason uh, that we find out later. Um, and, uh, you're you making know, it so sound while, even more confusing is, than it really is, Cameron. I, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, it is a little confusing, I will say, you know, it's it a lot, makes a lot sense of new characters, a lot of them, stuff but. going on. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, after this, um, basically, uh, the whole thrust of this is, is pointing towards, you know, both the Selena Kyle thing and the, uh, the officer Blake thing. Um, is thrusting towards uh, there's this this new big bad guy uh, Bane who's building an army underneath the city um, who you know is going to strike at any moment and so um, there's this threat that that is you know basically flushes Batman out from from hiding um, and so you know he he comes back uh, he's got a big flying uh, helicopter uh now and there's this there's the great scene where he you know um bane and his his goons are taking over the uh the stock exchange and uh he you know he comes and he he tracks him down it's the return of the batman um and you know it's so it's uh it's this you know great action sequence um and eventually he you know with selena kyle's help um, he tracks down Bane um, and loses to Bane in a uh, in a fist fight, um, you know, for various reasons. But because Bane, are we, is, are we going to spoilers now? Okay. Oh, are we? I I don't I don't know. I was just gonna go through the whole thing. Okay, if we're going through the whole movie, I just want to make sure. Well, I don't know if anyone's not seen The Dark Knight Rises, but what do you think? We, well, you're you're getting you said, just into like about halfway through the movie. You said sum up the so. plot, Isaac. Should I should I sum up the plot? I wasn't sure if you're just doing sure, the premise. I, I'll, or the I'll wrap plot. it up. All right, I'll wrap okay, it up. Okay, all, right, all right, all right. So you're about a third of the way of the movie here. Batman's That's halfway. Just, That's halfway. Yeah, Batman's discouraged. He's outcast, and he has to figure out how to pick himself up off the ground and become the Batman. Rise up, you know, and take the city back, and. uh his foe is is very powerful, right? He 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 kicks his butt and throws him out of the city, and he has an army, and he has all the weapons, and he's ripping the city. And apart. He's got a nuke, and, and yeah, so he has a nuke, and there's also this whole plot about how he blows up every <laughs> single exit, uh, and so the the city is like is all like the cops, isolated. Every single cop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the city's isolated. It's it's this you know domestic terrorism attack or whatever, uh, and. Batman has to figure out how to get out of this prison, um, you know, outside of the United States and get back. And, and now I'm making it sound like he's in airports trying to figure out how to get his ticket. But that's not, the, you, you know, you know, if you've seen the, I feel like most people have seen the movie. So, you know, that's kind of the plot. That's the setup. Um, 
let's talk about this viewing and what stood out to us. And I'll start because I already kind of laid the groundwork of what really stood out to me. I'm just going to pick one thing uh, and then we'll, we'll go to you, Cameron. I guess we'll do initial thoughts and things that stood out to you. So this viewing, I had a great time watching it with you guys. Uh, really enjoyed the film. Definitely took my love for this movie down. Maybe a minor notch. I was like, okay. I was just being a little nostalgic for it. Um, but what I really learned to love on this viewing, I think, is how what Juzu was saying. The movie is really entertaining. Everybody's um, really pushing hard to act well in each scene. But I found that the this movie has a bunch of small and large vignette scenes um, that although they might not be as memorable and iconic as the flow of The Dark Knight are still incredibly effective and incredibly great uh, scenes that I I was actually fairly moved by even though the, mov- the movie is juggling a lot of different things moving all over the place. I mean, for me, right, um, like when Alfred has this this moment of confession to Bruce Wayne about like the note uh very small scene uh but it just kind of it kind of like it it resonates in a powerful way emotionally even what Jesus was talking about with um officer Blake talking to him about the orphanage um you know Bruce Wayne's experience in the prison uh climbing up like even you Cameron had a response when he gets to that ledge before he's going to jump and the bats like fly out and like the music <laughs> swells. And Cameron's like, yeah. pretty even, good, pretty good. Even you, Cameron, were like, this is aw- This is like an awesome scene, you know? Yeah. Um, I think the stock exchange heist is still awesome. Um, I mean, a lot of the scene, you, even you were like, I like the, the, the moments in the snow, death, the, the death by exile kind of like judgment <laughs> sort of moment. Of course, you know, the, the explosive um kickoff which i think is a, a, yeah, an, so a great good. scene um there's just there's so much to enjoy uh and even the small bits scene to scene level have have good amount of substance to 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 have a good time his 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 dance with you know Anne Hathaway in the little like um you know eyes wide shut party or whatever uh <laughs> with the you know kind they of. they they they're, they're they're dancing and she's like, you know, eat the rich and all that. And, uh, his interactions with, uh, Lucius Fox around the company, how it's kind of going under. I thought that was kind of fun. And there's like little subplots about how like they're using, like there's, there's like some business side of, of what's happening where this guy's trying to take over Bruce Wayne's company. Um, but then there's like a personal vendetta with Bane against, Bruce Wayne, because he knows he's Batman, and obviously he stopped the League of Shadows the first time, so there's revenge and stuff. I don't know. I just, I, I found that the great scenes were still great, and then even the small scenes were really great on this viewing. So overall, mm-hmm. I still think it's it's um, really fun. Even though I do agree with you, Cam, and the ending it, it is sloppy, but at that point, come on, haven't you had enough fun? Just <laughs> just enjoy it, right? So what about you, Cameron? How was your how was your viewing this time? No, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed myself, obviously, because it was with great company. Um, but even, even before then, you know, I think, I think I had discounted most of the movie uh, before the end. And, you know, I was thinking about how, um, 
how many like you were saying like how many great scenes there actually are um like you know very iconic things but also um the little things are the little scenes are are really interesting as well you know um like you said that that sequence with with alfred quitting um is is really like human and impactful um that's really great yeah yeah um the scenes between like Gordon and officer Blake, how they have that tension of like, you know, I like what you did basically wasn't, wasn't right. You know, he's, he's telling Gordon, like you shouldn't have lied and you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, all of that is like, so, um, it's so well done. It's very, it's very like classic Nolan in that way. And, and also like classic, um, this trilogy in some ways, like, like even, um, we were laughing about that that scene with uh, with Lucius, where he's like, um, "Usually this this ends in a you know in a request," and uh, and then you know he's like, "Well, I'm just going to show you anyways," you know, and and part of that is like a fun you know it's like a fun joke, haha. But also it's it's to set up that um, the R and D department has still been working, and there's still you know like these things, and they become you know a chess piece later on. They they and that actually becomes like really important. Like I loved the sequence where um, it's after, I think it's after, uh, after Bane, Bane kicks his ass. Yeah, I think it's after Batman gets his back broken. Um, it's like that that same scene, I think. Um, and he blows up the top of the the thing and it drops down and it's, you know, underneath the R and D department. Like that's, that's really cool. Um, I think for me, like where it really loses steam, um, basically after, I don't want to say after he gets out of the well, cause I think, I think there's some good scenes after that. Um, but it's kind of around that point that I think the movie starts to, to get a little lazy in the writing. Um, like I think, I think how it's trying to like wrap up everything. I really didn't like the, um, the assault on the, uh, <laughs> you know, the assault from the police officers on the, what's it called? Like the visually it's, it's interesting, but it, it, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I wish they did like a snow piercer thing. Um, where it's like, they, they've got no bullets, you know, and they, you know, they start running after them, you know, like there's, there's little things that they could change, um, that would make that scene more interesting, but it's like a kind of just a big fist fight between all the, all the dudes. Um, and then like the, like Bane's death, I think is kind of boring. Um, like it's a nice character moment for Selena Kyle, but I just, it just like doesn't feel that great, um, you know, story wise. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the the twist of Miranda because, to be honest, I don't feel like she's that great of a character in this movie at all. Um, like I think she's um, lazily written in some ways. Like she's just she's just kind of a, a, an attractive uh, person to to Bruce. Like she has no other qualities. Um, like she really, I don't, I don't know like what the attraction is there. Um, for, for, for Bruce, like, I don't know. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I feel like, um, maybe there was a scene that was cut or something like, 
why does he why does he trust her so so completely? Uh, yeah, from, that is a from little the jump. Yeah, he totally is like, I'm going to hand this incredibly dangerous thing to you. That was before they even sleep together, I think. Yeah, right? 100%. Which, if they, maybe if they switch that scene, like, I think that would be, that would make a little more sense. Like, if she kind of seduces him in that way. Yeah. Um, like a femme fatale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it'd be too cliche, I guess. But, like, but it kind of, I don't know. Make a little it, more it, sense, though. It feels, it just feels weird like i was commenting the whole time that batman is like is uh really um you know not leading with his brain i guess i'll say um <laughs> he's uh he's he's kind of making poor choices in in terms of like who he trusts um you know the whole thing with with uh he basically just gives selena kyle his like the fact that oh yeah i'm batman you know and like he hasn't been batman for eight years he's never been found out uh but like all of a sudden you know some woman who breaks into his house and steals his mother's pearls he's gonna be like yeah i've got very powerful friends you know blah 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 like what are you like what <laughs> like what uh, like, i think he only finds out for sure when she he takes him to bane and bane calls him bruce or whatever i think I don't think she knows at that no, point. No, I think she knows. I think she knows at this point. Maybe she suspects, but I don't think she knows. She for says sure. um when they're like fighting um they're fighting on the rooftop, I think. Uh and she says something about, "Oh, I didn't, you know, I knew Bruce Wayne had powerful friends. I didn't know how powerful, blah blah blah." Which is like, yeah, she knows. You know, like that's <gasps> that's I don't know about that. I don't know. Well, I mean, anyways. she should know maybe. She should have an inkling, I guess. It's not in any case, though. Um, I just I feel like there's some there's some like sloppiness with with um, well uh, definitely the ending, but also I think um, like I really yeah I really dislike Miranda Tate's character um, throughout the whole movie. Um, I think it's kind of bad, actually, <laughs> the way that she's the way that she's written. Um, She's given like basically nothing to do, and then like there's this twist all of a sudden at the end, and like you're like, oh, wait, who are you again? You know, like it's... Well, that, maybe that's something to to relitigate a little bit later. Is like, is it just better if she's not in the movie and it's just Bane is the bad guy? Because it's kind of it would it, the movie would lack kind of a big moment that the movie has with Miranda at the end, but I don't know if that really doesn't really matter at that point because the ending is basically just a big kind of. It's like a classic superhero ending. The, the big bad guy fight. is going to blow yeah. up the thing, so I need to beat him up and get the trigger and then stop him. You know, it's not the, you it's not the it Dark like Knight psychological thing. You say it like that because you're mocking it, but, like, that's really, that's what it was. I mean, like, that's... No, it really, that's, I'm not even joking. I mean, it's just... I To me, there's good versions of that, and there's, you know, like, Man of Steel is, like, a horrible version of that. You know, there's all there's a whole spectrum of... It, it can work. That was kind of actually what I wrote in my review 11 years ago, which is just that, you know, it's a classic, it's a, just a kind of a normal, you know, struggle against adversity that, you know, the Dark Knight kind of transcends a little bit. And other great superhero movies like The Incredibles transcend. Um, but, but I think there's a way to bad. make it, I think there's a way to make it elevated in the in the way that The Dark Knight is. Because um, it is it is juggling some very interesting themes with, uh, you know, with sort of the, the 
poverty and bringing, you know, bringing the rich down and, you know, that stuff. Like, there's some interesting ways that the movie could go. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, I, uh, it, it does end up just being a, a big fist fight in front of a, a nice looking, uh, he, he kind screen, of, yeah, you know? like a courthouse or whatever that, yeah. he kind of ignores those ideas. Like the ideas about um, rising up against the wealthy and about lying to the people about Harvey Dent and sort of like manipulating the public based on a lie. These are interesting ideas that I think the movie ultimately is like, eh, whatever. Like it kind of <laughs> loses interest in them in the last act. And it's just like, let's just have a big action scene, you know, which is yeah. fine. I don't think every movie needs to be profound in that way, but it is a little bit disappointing when you compare it to other because even Batman Begins, I think, is a little bit more connected. Like having the the toxin be a fear toxin, being like that's tied in with the themes of the movie. I think even that movie has more of it, and certainly The Dark Knight does. Um, and also, you know, that's also what's great about Inception is like you have Tom Hardy smoking guys, you know, in the middle of the snow, but there's also this emotional thing that's going on parallel to it with uh, Marion Cotillard in that movie. Um, I don't know. My my feeling watching this was just sort of, I I, I think I hit my memory with this movie ends up being a little bit selective about parts of it. And I do want to put a sort of a caveat on all of this, which is just that my experience hanging with you guys was great. My experience of watching the movie was kind of like, I feel like about 75% there just because I, f I think I was kind of zoning out a little bit. And there's, also there's no better way to watch this movie though. That's all I'm gonna say. You know <laughs> what? With the air so. conditioner, like we couldn't even hear the dialogue in parts of the oh, movie. Oh right, uh, we had the old air man Juzo over here. It well, was either it was either hear the movie or and die of heat, or no, you know just no no no. I, we made the right decision. <laughs> I I was very glad we turned the air. Believe me, I, no one hates being in hot weather more than me. But I'm just saying. I will that, say we had it cranked. Okay, it's yeah. not. I, I don't think it's me. It's the but it, it's but it, it's but the but mix of it. You know, we, let's we let's were. Put it 50 50 okay yeah 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 but we we were uh, my experience of the movie was watered down a little bit more by me i think than i'm not really it's less the sound of the movie um so take all this with a grain of salt i might watch it again tonight and i'll be like actually masterpiece this is better than inception but no that won't happen <laughs> but you know i might i might go positive on it again because my memory of the last time i saw this movie i think i mentioned to you guys was around the time there was the kind of what everyone's calling the battle of Berkeley and like all the alt-right guys and the Antifa guys were coming and beating each other up in Berkeley. And there's a sense of just kind of like our city going into anarchy and, you know, people, and also not just like the city, but like people coming from like the outside who don't really represent what the city is about and kind of, you know, bring it down and creating a self-fulfilling prophecy of chaos. And I thought, I think when I saw the movie six years ago, it really emotionally resonated with me in a way it maybe doesn't as much now. Um, and some of the ideas, you know, I might be sort of filling in the gaps a little bit of the movie with just my own feeling about it. And then the other thing is just that it's funny how there's parts of this movie I've watched so many times, like the opening uh, with the the whole thing with the planes or the ending of the movie or Bruce climbing out of the pit. These are things I've watched on YouTube countless times. And so it's sort of like those great, the highs the movie has really solidify in my brain. And kind of I end up forgetting when I watch the whole thing that's like there are like some scenes that are a little bit like 
you know, the politics of, you know, uh, Miranda Tate's green energy commission, you know, like the stuff that's not as interesting. Um, so watching it as a whole, it sometimes can end up feeling a little bit, just a little bit like it's too much. I don't feel like it's like it goes off the cliff the way you're talking about. I think it's more just that it kind of, he's just, he's spinning too many plates. And even though The Dark Knight becomes an ensemble movie, the second movie, I mean, he really only introduces two new characters, I think, to the mix. I mean, it's just Dent and the Joker, right? I mean, the there's some... Yeah, well, there's yeah, like the bad... It's a tertiary, there's the mafia you know, Sal Maroney, guys. I guess, but that's pretty minor. But this year, the guy you're introducing... Joker kills. Yeah. Yeah, Gamble. You know, that's pretty minor. Yeah, but yeah. this, you've got, you've got Blake, Miranda Tate, Selena... Even like John Daggett is in the movie a lot. Ben Mendelsohn, which I'd be mm-hmm. hard to complain yeah. about because I love Ben Mendelsohn, but it's it's kind of a, a little bit dense to put that on top of all this other stuff. And Joseph you know, all the people, yeah, but Blake, yeah, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Uh, you have from the previous movie, um, and it, you know, I feel like I kind of feel like Gordon gets a little bit of the short end of the stick here. I mean, he has some of the some good stuff with the you know, where his lie is exposed about Dent and his sort of moral questioning, but he kind of ends up just being like, I need to stop the bomb, you know, like at the end of the movie. And you compare that to what he was doing in the dark night and those great, great scenes he has, you know, where he's up against Dent at the end. Um, I think it's just not quite the same. I think Alfred Alfred, too. um, He really, you know, he has great scenes, Maybe, well, he's he's got like one great scene uh, at the very beginning, um, and then he's kind of absent for for the rest of the movie. Yeah, he just, um, he just leaves completely. Yeah. yeah, which which is, I mean, it's a it's an interesting story decision. I I like like character wise, I I enjoy that, um, and I think I think it it kind of comes full circle at the end. Um, but I kind of I I think some of the best parts of the other two movies are when Alfred is basically being a mentor for, um, for, for Bruce, you know? And, and that's kind of like the classic archetype of Alfred and Bruce, you know, Alfred, this kind of, well, what you would think of as like a lowly Butler, you know, character, but he really is sort of the, the heart and soul in some ways of, of, of Batman. Yeah. And like a father figure too. Yeah. Yeah, and and a lot of times the moral compass. Um, you mm-hmm. know, he's he's telling him, you know, these things are are you know, this is the right decision in in some ways. Um, you know, and and so this movie it it he does get sort of left in the dust. Maybe that's that's the right choice because there's so many new characters. Um, but in some ways I I'd, I'd like to see some of those characters I'd I'd like to see less of those characters fleshed out more um, than have so many of them. Um, I really think um, I think Blake's character doesn't do a whole lot, um, you know, in the grand uh. sc- scheme of things. Um, and we were talking after we watched it. We were talking a little bit about how um, he, I kind of I wished he had more of the uh the Batman origin arc where you know uh Bruce is he's stuck in the in the well um and you know and that's where 
Blake basically says, I'm done with the police force. I'm going to take up the mask, basically. Um, you know, like, this is this is my calling now. I knew what, what needed to be done. Batman's no longer here. Like, I'm going to be the, the, you know, I'm going to be the one who who steps up to fill that role. And maybe he does it totally imperfectly. Maybe he's, like, he's lost and, you know, like... Why didn't we have a Nightwing um, in in this movie? You know, like I really feel like there it was it was kind of a, a missed opportunity. Um, so you know, I, I mean, in in some ways, yeah, I don't know. There's just like certain decisions where it like great great build up to poor execution. Um, I guess is is my my main critique. So. I, I mean, I, I just want to add to all this conversation. I think, is would you guys consider this Nolan's like largest blockbuster movie in his career? I mean, I guess Oppenheimer, but like, like I'm, I, what, what I'm saying is, is like, is this his biggest like traditional blockbuster kind of movie? He probably is. Yeah, I would say um, so. It, it definitely doesn't budget feel, wise. Yeah, yeah, budget wise, it is. Yeah. My thoughts around this film are actually a little bit opposite to you, Cameron, in terms of fixing some of its issues. I believe that this movie, this movie's greatest issue is that it is too, it's trying to do too much. Um, and I think Nolan probably reflects on this movie with that in mind because every movie he's done moving forward has has scaled down the amount of primary characters and given... That's other true. given yeah. other characters a lot more screen time especially with Oppenheimer with a cast that's similar to yeah I mean it's it's a massive cast with uh, like you could compare it to some of the you know, the amount of actors in in this film or even in um I guess I I, w- I would say that Interstellar has a pretty large cast and and even the Dark Knight um but Oppenheimer feels like it's really just following like a single guy's story you know and I right. kind of wanted that for this Batman story because so I was like, I, I wish it even got more magnifying on on uh, Bruce Wayne and what he's going through with his decisions and things like that. I don't really care about uh, having more Catwoman screen time or more Officer Blake time or more Gordon time. Um, I just felt like it had too many new characters and too many characters that needed more. Uh, time on screen and and i just i think maybe it, it, it was just too large even thematically right okay you have ideas around um like guilt or 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 failure right and then okay we're also gonna have this huge political conversation between like the rich and the poor and uh you know and then we're gonna use like different kind of settings that are unique and and I don't know. Like the, for a Batman movie, it's a strange Batman movie. I think, um, like like we said when we reviewed Batman Begins, Batman Begins actually seems the most Batman esque out of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think and, I agree with that. Yeah, and uh, this one feels the the furthest out there, um, where it's it's almost like this kind of global disaster movie mixed with you know like these different like terrorist SWAT situations and things like that. I don't know. It's, it, it's doing a lot. Um, and 
I think it does a lot really well, despite its sort of like shotgun vision, right? Um, That's a good way of describing it. Like like firing a shotgun with just all the kind of messy... Yeah, yeah that's interesting. So I, I do agree that the film has like... Like it has problems, but I still think it's it's executed quite good, despite some of maybe it's um, it's al- it's almost like the issues were presented before they started creating, you know, or or it was like it was like written in ink, and they they made it great with what was written, you know, or what was put together, right? Um, so I I don't know, I, and and I think Nolan's later films like when he begins to stray into too big, that is where his weaknesses come out as, as a director. I think that's what, that's what makes the dark Knight so iconic is that it hits that perfect balance of being big enough, but it, it it doesn't, it doesn't go too big, right? It 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 doesn't get away from him. It limits the pieces on the chessboard, uh, you know, and, and it really lets you watch the game play out. Um, whereas, yeah, this movie feels like they poured like three game boards on on the on the table, and there's like too much happening, right? Um, I I I think if Nolan does more, uh, which I hope he does a lot more movies, but Oppenheimer was a incredible test of um, restraint. I think he I think he really really tried hard to like like keep it focused despite how many people wanted to jump in despite how how much like was going on with the length around the movie like it is pretty like laser focused in in what it's trying to explore um oddly i kind of have a similar issue with oppenheimer too where it's sure there's so many characters that i just feel like some of them end up being kind of surface level uh, the relationships being end up being developed on the surface level, and in a way, it almost is. Well, you know, it's it feels less messy. His command of it feels stronger in that movie, but it also feels like it's a little bit more problematic that the relationships aren't delved as deeply into because they're real people. And I I feel a little bit more charitable to the Dark Knight Rises just because it's a comic book movie and it's a little bit it's a type of movie where it's acceptable for the relationships to be a little bit more archetypal and a little bit more kind of simplistic, I guess. Um, but I agree with you that it's like, yeah, the dark Knight is the perfect, everything about that movie, every relationship. Um, even if we dis, dis Rachel a little bit or whatever, it's like, it's pretty dialed in in terms of what each of those needs to be. Even like the stuff with Alfred and even there's like a nice little kind of arc with Lucius in that movie. Um, Mm. And in this one, it's like, it's not as much arcs. It's more like characters, like they have a function of like, they need to do something. They need to, you know, stop the bomb in some way, but it's not as much um, like character based, I guess. Yeah. I also think that um, the scale conversation with Nolan applies to Tenet, which is, a I I don't know what happened with Tenet, um, but it seemed like it was trying to do a little too much and it got uh, away from him a little bit. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I, 
I do think that Interstellar and Dunkirk are steps backwards because Dunkirk is a huge. Whoa. Huge, no, 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 not not. I I mean, step backwards in scale. Oh right? sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I do think that what was surprising about Dunkirk when I watched it originally, and I it's been a long time since I've seen it, but. I didn't really like it because, again, it was presented as this massive war movie, and then it felt really personal. Like, there's, like, these personal stories going on in the middle of it. And when I was trying to say that I was a Nolan fan, I sat down and I was like, I don't get why this isn't, like, Saving Private Ryan. Like, I don't understand why we're spending time with these guys, like, crying on the beach, like, throwing pebbles or whatever. Like, what's going on? You know, like, it's it's way more like... um driven to kind of fleshing out like the pawns on the field. Um, and then interstellar similarly, I'm like, I think it's going to be this great big space adventure and it becomes extremely intimate with its characters mm, um, yeah. on, on the journey. And so I, I don't think that the experience of making this movie was um, like, I think it's great for what the, the, the hand that they were held or uh, given. Right. Um, yeah. Oh, that's and, a, one uh, other thing to note is just like there, there were dealt a tough hand with you know the death of Heath Ledger and also having to kind of adjust. Yeah. I think there's things would have gone a different way if that hadn't you know tragically happened because I think you know it kind of it kind of uh, forced him to sort of uh, readjust things. But anyway, sorry, Isaac, go on. Yeah. Yeah. No. I I I think that kind of that sums up like how I feel about. Nolan's movie creation in context to this this movie and now that we've revisited so many of his other films like I just think that um yeah I I wouldn't I wouldn't hold this at a I, I wouldn't say it's like a stain on his career at all uh, which Cameron no. used to talk about this movie like so my favorite thing is that you enjoyed yourself nah. watching this Cameron I really I, was, I, I feel like it was mostly being sarcastic but i do i do i mean look i won't say i'm wrong i this movie is not um it's not his best uh at all but it does have it it's it's leagues above other you know other similar uh movies like in the genre um it's you know this would be you know almost all of the marvel movies in like a you know a, a contest of of quality like this this movie is way better than than most of those i would just say um for me like it just has some problems and i think it loses steam and that's why i get disappointed like i it's probably because it's so good at the beginning and then it doesn't it doesn't live up to to the, how great it it is at the beginning um it it sort of just falls off for me. So like that's why I remember it as kind of a um a sour note, but it's it's just because there was a ton of potential there and um you know, I just I feel like there's um yeah, there's there's uh there's missed opportunity on the table, I I guess. Um and I was so hyped for it um that, you know, I felt um I felt a little burned, uh, which which is unfair. I think I don't think this movie is that bad. Um, in fact, this movie is way better than Tenet. Um, yeah, no, but it is. 
it's funny. It's like it's like Tenet and then this movie and then all of his other movies like on top of this movie. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, what are you going to say? But that would be an interesting thing to go through, go and rank. I, I don't know if you've you guys have watched all of them at this point, but like what's our Nolan ranking? Maybe that would be for a different I think just about. Episode. I think we all, we actually have um except for following, following. Yeah. You, you haven't seen following Isaac. I haven't. Um, no. But other than that, oh, you didn't watch Insomnia, so I guess we can't do that. Oh. Um, you know, one other for comparison. Me, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Go ahead. I, 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 no, I was changing the subject. Go, go for it. Well, I was just gonna. I was just gonna say my list, but I, I don't think I'm ready for that yet. Um, okay. So well, you, maybe you let's save it for another one, or we could even do it on my side if you want. Um, I was gonna say that. I mean, in a way, in our lives, these series, this series has kind of been a little bit akin to like the original Star Wars trilogy in terms of kind of like being these huge cultural touchstones. I do think it's kind of interesting, at least for me, that the series follows almost the exact same arc of quality that the original, yeah, that the 100%. Star Wars trilogy has. Where it's like the first one is like great; it changes the medium. Um, I mean. I would say Batman Begins is less medium changing, but actually maybe a better movie than the original Star Wars, but it's like in a similar realm. And then the second one is like one of the greatest, like a stone cold, one of the best movies ever made, absolute masterpiece. And then the third one is like kind of a mess, but like a nice, still a nice ending to the trilogy. And the highs are really high. Like the highs of Return of the Jedi are as great as any movie. Um, and and th- there's stuff in this movie that is really like fantastic, and I I still think that that end. I mean, we're, we've gone into spoilers, so I'll just say like that that sort of uh, the cross the classic Nolan. I mean, the man is the king of endings. Has there ever been a guy who is better ending a movie than Christopher Nolan? I mean, that whole thing of like Lucius finding out the autopilot, uh, Gordon sees the bat, bat signal. Uh, Blake goes into the Batcave, and then Alfred, you know, looks across the thing. That's just like absolutely wonderful. And I think, honestly, I think it kind of sends you out. Maybe with even that could be a reason you might overrate the movie. It's just like it sends you out on such a like in a, such a good mood, such a high that uh, it kind of elevates what what came before it. Um, but yeah, that's a, also another. That'd be another discussion. What's the our ranking of Nolan endings? Because I I would say every Nolan movie. I think Batman Begins has kind of a more normal ending. I think Tenet's ending is kind of weak, though. The scene before Tenet's ending is really good. Um, Batman Begins ending sucks. I think the ending of that. I think the ending of that movie is bad. Like it's just. It's okay. I like the scene with Gordon, but it, it's just not that. Like it doesn't have the buzz. You get like this buzz. Even following has this thing where you get like chills when it ends. Um, that you get like pr- the prestige. You know that you get Michael Caine's voiceover. You go like, oh man, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, an Oppenheimer. I mean, for whatever I have, you know, complaints I have about that movie, that ending is really really great um and uh yeah the last close-up of murphy ending of dunkirk where he reads the churchill speech yeah i mean like you get like so fired up when you leave the theater um and uh yeah and then and then uh, dark knight might be one of the best Uh, dark knight and inception are probably my favorites still yeah 
Yeah, but yeah, I was just fired up with the Dark Knight ending. Yeah, that Incep- was Inception's great. ending has got to be the best Nolan ending. I, I think, think so. That's, that might be best ending of any movie, honestly. I just, yeah, amazing. Cameron, what are your thoughts on <laughs> any, endings any thoughts for Cameron? Nolan? Um, no, it's, it's true, because all of them have... Um, I like what you said, buzz. You get this like buzzing in your in your body, but also there's a buzz when you walk out of a Nolan film where everybody's like hyped about it, you know. There's, oh like, sure, something. yeah. There's there's like, you know I remember I think Inception that's why maybe maybe it probably is the best Nolan ending, though it's not my favorite, I I don't think. Um where like people still talk about the ending of that movie. You know, it's still like, like maybe the ending of that movie is more culturally relevant than anything else in that movie. Um, yes. Yeah, sure. Um, and I think my favorite probably is the prestige. I think that ending is like, so like it, like it's like bone chilling, you know, it like drains your blood and like, you know like you feel so disturbed by um everything that you've seen and it's like it like keeps punching you with like information in the last like 20 minutes of that movie um and i think it's i think it's so good um but but i mean there's there's arguments for for almost all of his movies except for Batman, Batman begins. begins. Yeah, I you think Memento yeah. is a great ending too, where he pulls up Memento in front of the tattoo. Memento is a great ending. Yeah, that's great. His whole like, I need to know there's a world out there when I close my eyes. That's just great. I even think in Insomnia, maybe that would be like third worst, but still like that's a really really good ending with like Isaac. I haven't seen it, but like on the dock, you know, like I think that's quite haunting. no. It's great. Yeah. It doesn't have the cross cutting thing that the rest of them have. I guess. Um, is, I'm trying to remember the Inception. Or sorry, the um, the interstellar ending. Um, oh, that's I can't him. Remember, it, he. It's like he, he he tells him to go to the planet, go to the um, go, go with Brant, basically. Mm-hmm. And, but it's after he visit. He visits his daughter. You know, he visits right. the old woman. I do remember the tesseract stuff, and the, he's like, whoop, no, that's whoop, you know, that's before that. No, no, it's it, he, he visits Brant, and then they say yeah. like, um, you know, she says, you know, no, no. No parent should watch their own child die, and then and then it kind of he and then it's like he does he it's, that the the cross cutting thing he goes back into the like you know and the and the cascading music you know and you hear mm-hmm. the and the Hans Zimmer like building and building and you see Anne Hathaway also you see Anne Hathaway on the planet and she takes her helmet off which is something I didn't even, I, I I took like eight viewings before I realized like oh she can breathe on the planet like it's the new it might have a possibility anyway but. Uh, that's 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 great. That's that's up there too for sure. I will um, say I think the Oppenheimer ending for me it was like all you know all those uh there's like so many TikTok memes around literally me. Do you know do you know what I'm talking about like the literally me? <laughs> like uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I'm Cillian Murphy. Like I've never felt more connected uh to a character's depression than when that movie ended because I got up out of the wow. theater and I did not have a buzz. I felt like I was that final shot, you know, just absolute like dread over my, I I remember being at the urinal after the movie, everyone in the movie uh, that walked out just dead quiet. Uh, and I'm taking a leak looking down, thinking about all the nuclear bombs hitting the earth, you know? And I'm like, well, 
oh well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I like walk, yeah. I walk. I did not feel a buzz. I felt absolutely depressed. I was. It is. I, was, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything too much because it's not warranted uh, in this <laughs> uh, discussion. But it is a really spectacular ending. Just a character moment too. Like that's that's one thing that I think Nolan really incorporates is like all of all of the most impactful endings that he has are um, like character first endings in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, you know even even you know him that like uh, he what is it? he's on the train and he's reading um, the Churchill speech. Right. Yeah. Know, yeah. He's just been, Harry Styles. Yeah. Just been say, like that is that that makes me choke up every time. <laughs> like every time I hear it. Goes to Hardy. Um, Hardy and his his and planes it, on fire. Yeah. And oh then he gets captured. Yeah. Um. You know, but like so many, like all of these moments are very like. I think Memento, um, like obviously the spectacle is like, you know, he, um, right? Doesn't he just kill? Uh. What's it called? What's his face? Um, Pant- Joey Pants. Yeah, yeah. That's that's like the the scene before it, but but the the character moment of uh, you know you realizing that he's you know he's looking for another you know he's looking for the hunt basically. Um, you know that's that's it. You know like he's he's great at at having those those moments of realization, those moments of um putting it in your mind, uh, you know, this this mystery of, you know, conclusion, but also, you know, finding like a satisfying character moment to to draw that that audience mind to. The inception ending was like the the best example of that, I think. Yeah. I, I'm honestly surprised more directors don't emulate that or when they try to it doesn't have the same impact because it's like i mean whatever it's not easy to make a movie but i just feel like that sense of a cascade that you create through the ascendance of the score and you know having kind of like the showing the different characters um i just feel like it's such a you know it's just like you can't lose when you do it have an ending like that and i just uh I don't know. I feel like I'm just surprised I don't see more people imitate him, given how popular uh, Nolan's movies are. But yeah, maybe it's just maybe only he can do it. I don't know. Hmm. I can't, if I stole from that when I did my ending for my friend's my documentary about my friend Eli. I did like a whole like thing where he started playing music, and then I had his dad talking about it, and I went to him playing the music, and I went to him running through the finish line of this thing. I was like that probably subconsciously. I was being like, this is like the Dark Knight Rises. Like I was like doing my Nolan ending. So yeah, it's it's uh, when he does it though, it's great. It's tough how he's able to weave some of those, I, and and because we're not spoiling um, Oppenheimer, I don't think it's even a spoiler to say the the last like the last scenes are just a like almost like character epiphany, right? And. Right. Uh, that's it. Like it just kind of like lets it like, like be the last note, uh, for you to like walk out to. Um, whereas I don't, I don't think all of the endings are that way. Um, and that's probably why that one hit differently for me. Although looking back now, I'm my, my experience is like, wow, that was, 
I'd love to see more of that from Nolan, even though I wouldn't prefer to be put into a state of depression. You know, I, I, I still think that it's pretty powerful that he was able to do that. Um, and I, I don't know if I've seen that from his other films, uh, where there it's almost, it doesn't feel as, um, although I actually think, yeah, I think maybe, um, the prestige has elements of it. Um, that's but, pretty dark. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's not just the dark emotion. Like there's something more, um, fairy tale esque about Inception's ending, whereas like yeah, Oppenheimer's like thought provoking, you know, in some kind of way, you know? I don't know. It's he's definitely good at his endings. I I will say that. Cameron, how do you want to wrap up conversation on on Nolan after watching the Dark Knight trilogy? I mean, are we are we good to put kind of a, a closing of the chapter for the show on on Nolan movies right now? Or you wanna just you want to go straight into some of the other ones? I, I don't know. Where are we going from there? No, I think... I Here's the thing. The only other one that I would um, consider is Dunkirk, but I don't I don't know that um, we need to. I mean, I love... I do love Dunkirk, although I maybe I would like to revisit Interstellar now that I'm thinking about it. Should we do Interstellar? I just, the only getting... reason I want to... No lie. The only reason I want to watch it is just to enjoy the score. Are people getting uh, sick of one hundred percent? No one. Sure. No, uh, you, you know, you know. Tim is screaming at the top of his lungs. Oh, uh, we've just been like torturing Tim, haven't we? Yeah, yeah it's just oh, an endless nice. agony for him. Sorry, um, Tim. Well, we could think about doing Interstellar. I I would like to revisit it because it's been it's been a long time since I've seen that one too, and I I remember not being mixed, but being like. Um, when I first saw it, I was kind of, I was a little bit less positive, and then I I saw it again, and I I really loved it. Um, so I'm I'm curious what I would think about it now. Um, but to be honest, I mean, I don't know that we necessarily need to. We can move on if we want, but this would probably be the best time to to watch it. You know, I I feel like we should save it. Okay, because Interstellar could totally fit in a month about movie scores, which I know that Juzo uh, has wanted to do for a long time. And I yeah. think there's there's something about that that we might want to save it for Hans Zimmer showcase uh, because I do think that is a great fitting for his work. Um, so let's save it. That's my... I'm going to speak into the show for once. All right. I think we should save it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's wrap up thoughts about Nolan, uh, I guess maybe what we want to see from him or any, any, any kind of retrospective thoughts. We've definitely been giving him the praise, but let's look at the future. Um, where's he going? What do we want to see more from him? Um, as movie lovers, Juzo, go ahead. I I mean, when you, when you brought that up, I think the first thing that came to mind was just, I don't want him to become... Well, I, really, the only reason I mean, I, I was gonna say I don't want him to become Stanley Kubrick, but actually, Stanley Kubrick continued to make great movies, literally till the end. Eyes Wide Shut is a great movie, but um, I meant more just in the sense of uh, I don't want Nolan to start getting really precious about making movies and making one every ten years and then every twelve years. Like that yeah. would just bum me out. I really like that he has a pretty consistent 
for a while it was every two years. Now it seems kind of like every three years, but it kind of, um, he, he doesn't tend to, he's not going like Tarantino where he, he's, he's stretching the time, which I appreciate. Um, and in terms of the movies themselves, um, I don't know. I think I, uh, I'm sure Cameron's going to bring this up that, uh, it would be interesting to see him scale back. It would be interesting to see him do something. Honestly, I'd love to see him do a horror movie after watching Oppenheimer because that scene, you know, the, you know, the, that's the speech, you know, is one of the most horror, one of the great horror movie scenes mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Um, and actually there's a little bit of that in, the uh, shades of that in Batman Begins or in, in even in Inception and in parts, you could definitely see him the doing prestige. It. Oh yeah, the prestige for sure. Um, yeah, actually, that's kind of might be the most horror of all of those movies. Um, so that would be that would be interesting. It's like a, like Villeneuve is another one where it's like I think it's tough for both of them because they're you know two out of what like six or eight directors who have kind of the keys to the Hollywood. Uh, you know, spectacle machine. They're the, they're some of the only ones who can make big scale movies. And I think once you take your your foot off the gas pedal with those kind of movies, you kind of might get boxed out of. I mean, you see that happen with people in history, like John Carpenter, someone who is like the king of making you know these big awesome movies. But it's like if you kind of if there's some diminishment, and it's luckily the Oppenheimer. It sounds like is doing incredibly well. Um, you might not have another shot to make a big movie like that. So in both of their cases, I get why they're not like going back to, you know, a movie, the scale of the prestige or memento. Um, but yeah, I just, I just hope he, he, I, I, I'm happy to see wherever he goes. I don't mind if it's goes more, um, more serious or more into stuff like goofy ass stuff like tenant. I just, what I hope is it just never becomes, stale and it never becomes kind of and it seems like he's pretty good about that nolan i think he seems like he's not someone who's like uh he's never settled into like oh i guess i make this kind of movie you know he's he's always kind of feels like he's reinventing himself and he's um i mean even though i'm a little mixed on it it seems like he's brought in a whole nother group of fans with Oppenheimer and bringing in people who were like not crazy about his movies and then they're like well this is what we like and so I I think that could continue with all different genres and all different kinds of movies um, which would be really cool to see but yeah I mean still he's still top of the heat for me top of you know whatever top two or three maybe Um, and certainly in terms of just if I want to kick back and have a nice time watching a movie, it's he might be number one. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I I would love to see some unique settings for Nolan. Um, I think the hard thing is like the philosophical ideas. Like you can't really predict where he's going to go, especially after seeing Oppenheimer. It's like, okay, this guy, this guy likes to explore a lot of, um, a lot of deep ideas with with the Dark Knight. I think what's really cool about looking at at the Dark Knight is that it feels very scholarly, and Oppenheimer feels very like like a personal explore, like a personal philosophy exploration, or or it feels like more human, more relatable, which I needed more from Nolan. Um, so I don't really care where he goes if he keeps tapping into that, uh, which is also present in the Prestige. Like I want to see more of it. Um, 
I think the most exciting thing to think about is like what theme, like what or what settings he could do. I'd love to see something medieval from Nolan. I think that'd be dope. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, even like Barry Lyndon esque, you know, maybe Civil War. Tap into something. Uh, maybe dang, I, honestly, that'd be cool. A Nolan Western would be pretty dang cool. Ooh, that would be pretty dang cool. So. Well, I think he said that Oppenheimer, like he treated some of it, like the Los Alamos stuff, as a Western. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, yeah, some of those shots made me go, man, that would be pretty sick, seeing those, like, aerial the ho- shots or the guys on horses. Yeah. Yeah. I, or I just imagine, or, like, him doing a movie like Nope, you know? Like, that would be, you know, get Goranson to write that kind of music. Hmm. That yeah. would be sick. I mean, I think I think for me, what I want from him, um, I, I, I do want him, I, obviously, he's going to be... Um, you know, he already had the keys to the kingdom and then with the Oppenheimer success, he could do whatever he wants. Um, but I, I want him to, to pursue more of the like passion projects that interest him. Cause I, I really think Oppenheimer was like a, um, like a meeting of, of, it was a strange, like uh mix of things that, that really didn't seem like it was going to be successful, but somehow uh, this, you know, $150 million budget R-rated movie uh, made, like, an insane amount of money um, <laughs> in theaters. Yeah. And so, you know, I think, you know, I hope he doesn't get, like, the, the you know, the Midas thing, you know, where everything he touched turns to gold, even the the bad things that he does. But I do, I do really think for, for him, like, as long as he's interested in the project, that's that's really what's what makes like you can feel that he just has like a passion for these ideas. Every movie that he puts out, except for Tenet, maybe, but every movie that no, he puts out. I think out he has passion. No, I think that's there's he, passion in that. I just think it's <laughs> execution is off. No, he has passion yeah. for that for sure. Yeah. I think it'd be sick for him to uh work with Kojima on something. I think that would be so cool, you know, like to do. He's never he, heard he, of a video game. He's, I know, I know. You know what that is? Yeah. I know, I know. But there, there's something about um, like the auteur presence that kind of reminds me of that. And and he has like, I, I could really see him doing something more action oriented for his next film because he he kind of commits to that every once in a while with Inception being like kind of the gun action and then Tenet having that gun action. Um to do like kind of that that more like character focused movie and then maybe he's going to want to do something a little bit more entertainment focused. I don't know. I I he could really put whatever he wants, but I could totally see like a modern kind of spy action thing happening again or a heist movie. Uh, come on, his heist sir. That would be. I would Yeah, I, I'd love I would to see another heist thing. I love I'd love that. Yeah. Even if he did a Bond movie, I'd be fired up. I think that would be great. Um yeah. Can you imagine, dude? If the studio got him to do a Bond movie, he's always like, wanted to do one. Oh, oh! Then I, I would bet that's what's gonna happen. Like I, like he's been dancing would, around it. Yeah, who would deny Nolan to do a Bond movie at this point? You know, give him complete creative control. You know, it's like, what are you risking? It's not like he's gonna do some. There's wacky no, thing, there's no you risk. Know? You know, there's no risk. I. Uh, how is how is taking Nolan on for at this point? The problem is, is that his price is just going up. So just take just take it now. You know? <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah. probably they they if they didn't take it at at after Tenet, then <laughs> they made a grave mistake. You know? Yeah, I think. Yeah, 
I think the only difference is he might be at the point of in his life where he's like, ah, I don't know if I have time to just do a Bond movie because he kind of already did it with Inception. He kind of did it with Tenet, but it would be really cool, man. I would, I would, I would be on board for sure. Well, well, very good, very good, Juzo, Cameron. I don't have anything else to add to the Dark Knight Rises or to the Nolan conversation. Any other closing thoughts? Um. Well, I'm not burnt down on him because I've been, you know, thinking about all of his movies and I, I genuinely, I still love all of the movies that we've watched. I think they're all so good. So, you know, shocking, but true. Except for Ted. <laughs> I like all of his movies, though. He's never made, never made a bad movie. I'm not even close. I, nah, uh-uh, uh-uh. Tenet is like a five. <laughs> No, no, tense, tense, at least a seven. If we're talking about out of ten, no, yeah. it's good. It's good. Anyway. It's fun. Come on. I ordered my hot sauce an hour ago. Anyway, sorry. I I I I actually don't know how you could think ten it's a five. The movie's just way too cool, even if it doesn't make sense. It's yeah. way too cool. Just to watch it, like watch it like you're watching Koyana Scotts or something. Just a, a flurry, a flurry of beautiful images. You know, <laughs> true. I'm with that. I'm with that. Uh, to some of the crap you make me watch, Cameron. Like, oh my god, come on. You know, Tenet is like so. It's so inoffensive. You know, you just watch it. And it's boom, boom, guns, bullets in reverse. You know. There might yeah. be like four things on this list of movies that we watched that are worse than Tenet. Okay, so maybe mm. Nolan's next movie is going to be like all AI focused. It's it's the piano. No. Mm. The piano's worse than Tenet. Nolan um, should remake the piano. That would be great. <laughs> Nolan doing a romance, like a really Nolan doing a twisted romance, would be interesting. I think. Sorry, I'm moving around, but like like you know like like Phantom Thread. That would be interesting because I felt like Oppenheimer. He was dancing into that territory a little. No, bit. Yeah. no, yeah. don't do it. I don't no. mean, it, dude. Isaac, Phantom Thread doesn't even have sex scenes. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. It's just uh, I'm not. That wasn't what I was worried about. It was the oh, fact okay. that it was so boring when I walked in. You guys were watching it. I was like, "What's going Phantom on?" Oh here? no, you would Amazing. like Phantom Thread. It's Phantom Thread is so good, dude. We got to get Isaac on because Boogie Nights took uh, took us off the rails for P.T. Anderson. But I literally think Isaac will like every other movie. I he's no, made. I agree. I agree. Like I think there will be blood. P.T. Anderson. Oh my God. Well, anyways, um, well, I don't know what we're gonna do next week, but uh, I'll I'll think about it. I'll come back to you. I kind of want to. Maybe we should r- visit some old movies now. Maybe yeah. I should torture you for a little bit. Yeah, get back yeah. to the what the show is originally about. Let's do it. John Luke Godard. Oh, gross. rest in peace. Gross. Time for Yozujiro Ozu. Okay. Oh no! Come on, Karen. <laughs> now then, I have to watch the movies. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. still. I'm still. At, I, I. I still haven't finished catching up on your podcast because I'm stuck on Last Temptation of Christ. Like I just can't bring myself to watch. It's just so long. I'm like, when am I going to have the time to watch Last Temptation of Christ, man? But, mm. Well, all right. I don't know finished? if you need to watch the movie. Yeah, I, w- I would say you could listen to that episode without watching the movie. I mean, I've gonna, seen I'm it already. I, j- I just want to watch it again, you know? Oh, okay, I, it's, right. a, it's a good way of making me watch it again, because I do want to. I just, you know, it's like that versus, or I could watch Dunkirk again. It's just, I'm going to go for the other thing, but... Anyway, sorry, we don't go too long. 
Yeah, let's wrap it up. Just so you guys know, we try to post every Tuesday. Um, we usually hit that. So we appreciate you guys listening, especially all the way to the end. Uh, I know we didn't have a chance to shill. If you enjoy the show, just share it with friends. We got a small production. Giving us a rating helps a ton. And we really just appreciate you guys listening. Thank you for getting through all of the Nolan movies that we dived into. My recommendation for Nolan movies, if you haven't seen it, go watch The Prestige. I was wrong about that movie. It's so good. Uh, that is that is the biggest takeaway for me from from Nolan Month. Cameron, what's your watch? What's your uh, requirement? Required viewing for Nolan right now? No, I agree. The Prestige. I, uh, it's one of my favorite it's, movies of all time. I do. Is I that really your guys? So. You guys really think that's the, his best movie? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm not saying it's his best movie. I'm just saying people have discounted that movie for far too long on my, and it's not going to happen okay. anymore. Okay. I mean, if we're talking about discounted, though, I I would plug insomnia though because i think that's really the underrated insomnia I mean, I think is pretty underrated it's, it's underrated more than the prestigious which is also excellent um but yeah my recommendation obviously is inception because it's the best and it's the great one of the great movies ever but yeah mm. you can really just pick anything you know just pick at random you'll you'll get some enjoyment even following interesting movie so can't go wrong All right, well, with that, we appreciate you guys, and we will catch you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.